1: joe biden's run is that he was able to reassemble the blue wall which was destroyed by trump in 2016 that in 2020 joe biden can put it together if we we demonstrate how weak he really is uh in this state and other states in the blue wall the entire rationale for his campaign evaporates i mean i'm not looking to hurt the party we're trying to help the party here
2: we're trying to save the party from itself at this point yes exactly
1: (laughs) you know it's going to become a sort of coastal bourgeois party uh, that has no working class members in it. And that's, that, that would be a really terrible party to be in.
2: It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, senior advisor to the Dean Phillips campaign, Bernie Sanders, campaign manager in 2016 and advisor in 2020, former head of Our Revolution. This man has done a lot. Jeff Weaver. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Great. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. appreciate it.
2: So, Jeff, you are a longtime uh, political professional. You were Bernie's uh, OG independent gubernatorial campaign manager, I believe. You might have been his chief of staff after he was in the House and then the Senate. How did you react when Bernie came to you about him running for president in 2016? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a great story because I had left his office in uh, 2009. I had uh, ran ran his Senate campaign uh, in 2006. I was a Senate chief of staff for a couple of years, and I spent a number of years on the House side as well as chief of staff. And I, I was just – wanted a little break from politics. So I left politics and opened up my comic book business and uh, was having fun with that. And then 2015, Bernie called me out of the blue. He's, he's not one to call you much. And uh, – said uh, Jeff would you like to have dinner I was like oh something's up so I went and had dinner with Bernie and uh, he was he was uh, uh let's say taken aback by the cost of everything the Washington consultant class uh, and he wanted somebody who he knew was his guy in his corner to make sure that his campaign wasn't being looted he said to me he says you know everything costs thirty thousand dollars a month here in Washington you know this one that one this consultant that consultant so Anyway, that's how it happened.
2: Well, that was a rousing campaign. I thought you guys should have won,
1: honestly. We well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that.
2: Yeah. And um, I dare say if Bernie had been the nominee in 2016, I think Bernie beats Trump. I think there there is no Trump um, one. <laughs> that's, well, then, that's right. And then here we are about to see Trump two. And history is almost repeating itself. Where you are like, you know who's going to beat Trump, Dean Phillips. You know who's not going to beat Trump? Joe Biden, which, by the way, that, that's my feeling on all of this. So how did you react when Dean Phillips called you uh, much more recently?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know, like like you, uh, I've had some serious doubts about whether the president could beat Donald Trump, uh, And but, you know, there was nobody out there running, as you well know, and as we know now, Dean Phillips tried to get a bunch of other people to run before ultimately throwing his own hat uh, into the ring to provide folks an alternative. But uh, you know it was an interesting conversation. He's obviously positioned himself aesthetically as a as a centrist. And if you look at his voting record, he has a solid Democratic voting record. Voted for the entire agenda in the first two years of the administration. Um, and you know we talked about Medicare for all, which he you know told me that he had been looking to to to, to adopt. Uh, we talked about free tuition at public colleges and universities. You know we talked about a number of uh, issues that are important uh, to advance and. You know, there was, there was nobody else willing to carry the banner this time. And, uh, you know, uh, getting to know Dean Phillips, incredibly charismatic guy, uh, you know, at, at heart, a really very decent person, a nice person, uh, which is a little bit rare in politics, as we all know.
2: He's a very nice person. I agree. He is. He is. Uh, well, Maybe one, too nice for this game. Well, one of the things I say is like you don't think he's going to be it because he's so congenial, but he has the potential to be the most transformative political figure <laughs> in quite some time. Yeah, because he's going to try and break the shackles of the uh, the duopoly.
1: Well, I, I mean, you can imagine if uh, you know this a, a former businessman who's positioned himself as a centrist ultimately becomes the one to bring Medicare for all to the country it would be a, a little ironic, but uh, but you know. It, it, this is what happens, you know, for those of us who've been in the progressive fields toiling for years and years, you know, the issues that, you know, Bernie talked about and others have talked about have become more mainstream. And it is only logical that as those issues become mainstream, a broader and broader range of, of political leaders will talk about those issues and champion those issues. And That's that's what victory means. You know, when you have an issue agenda as opposed to a, a cult of personality, that's what that's what it means. And, you know, that's what Bernie was about, was trying to advance a series of uh, an issue set uh, to move the country forward.
2: Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I, yes, I, so, so so Dean does say that he thinks there's a very compelling centrist and business case for universal health care, which I totally agree with, by the way. I mean, it's breaking the backs of small businesses. It's increasing the cost of everything because you just have these climbing and climbing insurance premiums that you pass along to customers in various ways. It locks up. The workforce because a lot of people feel like they can't leave or else they're going to lose right. their insurance so that there are all of these problems uh that arise from our current uh healthcare system so that there's a very compelling business case for it okay so you sit down with dean you say wow this is a nice guy wow he's actually going to champion some things that uh, i feel very very strongly about but you're a professional and so you say okay how the heck is this guy going to win and uh this conversation is going to be released to the public on uh, February fifth, um, so South Carolina will have voted. Uh, both of us would be stunned if that was somehow some like crazy Dean. <laughs> very,
1: very stunned. Very stunned. Yes, d- 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 very d-
2: stunned. D- dean showing. Um, but we'll re-record uh, if that happens. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd be very happy to. It'd be my pleasure. Um, but both of us think that the major opportunity is in Michigan in February on uh, February twenty seventh, and we think it's kind of a huge opportunity.
1: Yes. No, it is definitely a huge opportunity. And uh, people will remember that Bernie won Michigan in 2006, uh, 16, I mean, 2016. Sorry, I, I got a lost 10 years there somewhere uh, in 2016 and a surprise upset. You know, Michigan is a, 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 a sort of microcosm of America. You know, uh, everybody thinks about it as just blue collar uh, auto industry, which it is, obviously. Uh, and they think of Detroit, um, you know, as a, a it's really the only city there. Uh, uh interestingly, uh, there are more African-Americans in Michigan than there are in South Carolina, even though we think of South Carolina as the African-American um, uh, primary. Uh, but there are also small cities. There are rural areas. Uh, and in 2016, you know, Bernie traveled all of them. And I think Dean will do the same thing. Uh, folks up there really respond to the kind of they haven't had a lot of retail politics. So if you are somebody who can practice retail politics, well, as Dean can, as we saw in New Hampshire, uh, I think he's going to do really well there. He's going to he's going to spark a lot of interest with folks. Uh, it is an open primary. Uh, any They don't have party registration in Michigan. So literally anybody who's registered to vote can come out and vote for Dean, uh, which creates a much uh, bigger pool of voters. You know, in New Hampshire... Uh, typically has a lot of independent voters, which it did this time, but they all flocked into the Republican primary to vote for Nikki Haley. There was a very uh, well-funded effort on the part of Nikki Haley to get those independents into the Republican primary. So, you know, it disadvantaged Dean in uh, uh, New Hampshire. uh, But in Michigan, I think you're going to see a lot of independents and perhaps even some, you know, former Christie voters or folks like that who might uh, come over and vote for Dean in the Democratic primary.
2: With Helix, better sleep starts now. Yeah, so by the numbers, the New Hampshire Republican primary drew 315,000 voters, and the Democratic primary, such as it was, drew 110,000. So if you can imagine, let's call it 100,000 of those independents uh, voting in the Dean versus Biden primary. I bet Dean would have gotten most of those votes. And then you can see him getting uh, 40, 45, even winning that thing. Um, But if you were in New Hampshire, as we were, all you got bombarded by was Nikki Haley versus Trump ads. And so you'd think, well, that's where the action is. And so that's where all the independents voted. Now in Michigan, February 27, the odds are very, very high that Dean versus Biden is the only game in town. Yes. Uh, because the Republican South Carolina primary is on February 24th and Nikki Haley will almost assuredly lose very significantly. And it's going to be tough for her to lose her home state by whatever the number is, 18 points, and then say, <laughs> where,
1: where on no, no. so, let's go Michigan. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a chance that she drops off out before Feb 24. There's a very high chance that she drops out on February 24. And then Dean might have the field all to himself in the primary against Joe Biden in a state that Joe Biden is struggling in. A poll came out recently that had Joe Biden losing to Trump by eight points in the general. By the way, this is yes. a state he won in 2020. So yes, that's, right. that's yes. a big yeah. sign. Yeah. And then if you replaced Joe Biden with Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, all of a sudden Whitmer beats Trump by four. So that's yes. a 12 point swing. Uh, I agree with you that Dean is a very good fit for the state, being from Minnesota. I I said he plays hockey, and he's going to feel familiar. I mean, Minnesota doesn't quite touch Michigan, but it's a couple states over. Right, so he's right. going to feel familiar. He'll, be, he'll do well in the Upper Peninsula. If he gets to the Upper Peninsula, he'll do well. Yeah. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Michigan. I don't know if you know that, Jeff. It sounds like you have two campaigning I with have. Bernie. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I started an organization that held its uh, training camp in Detroit. Um, and I've, I've been not just to Detroit, but around the state. Um, it's good fun. Uh, I'll be there campaigning um, with and for Dean um, um, in February. So that, that's going to be a blast. And Joe Biden's particularly vulnerable. And this is going to be an interesting bridge building exercise for Dean. But the Arab American community has completely turned their back on Joe Biden in Michigan. Uh, it's a traditionally democratic constituency. And they, they're essentially saying, look, none of us are going to vote for Joe. Um, Some of them are flirting with Cornell West, but some of them want to find a more productive way to channel their energies. And if Dean can make that case to that population, that would be an enormous inroad.
1: No, it absolutely would. And, you know, Bernie did that in 2016. Every American community in uh, uh, Michigan was critical to his victory there. And it was one of the few communities where we had the support of the local uh, business community, the local religious leaders, the local journalism folks. Uh, it was sort of like what Hillary had everywhere else, uh, and I, you know, I think Dean has the potential to build that kind of coalition uh, in Michigan. You're right; the the community is very, very upset with uh, Joe Biden and the way he's handled the war, uh, and uh, you know, Joe Biden has already canceled some visits there uh, because there was fear that you know he would be either poorly received or no one would show up at all. So there's a, a good opportunity to make uh, inroads there. I mean, and you're right about the importance of this. Look, the entire rationale of Joe Biden's run is that he was able to reassemble the blue wall which was destroyed by Trump in 2016 that in 2020 Joe Biden can put it together. Now you and I have seen these polls in these battleground states. It's not just Michigan obviously, Wisconsin, uh and others and you know Pennsylvania if if Joe Biden if we we demonstrate how weak he really is uh in this state and other states in the blue wall the entire rationale for his campaign evaporates. You know, then it is, as he himself has says, there are 50 Democrats who could beat Donald Trump. Uh, And probably there are 50 Democrats who can do that. But, you know, Dean Phillips is the only one who has had the guts to actually step up and try to do it.
2: that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Yang. Go to expressvpn.com slash Yang to learn more. Yeah, uh, on the list of Democrats who can defeat Donald Trump, in my opinion, Joe Biden's not on the list, <laughs> You know, like they're 50 and then Joe Biden is somewhere, you know, unfortunately below that level. Um, which is unfortunate, but that
1: that's where we are. Yeah, I, I don't say that to insult the president. I mean, it's not a question of insulting the president, because I think by many metrics, his administration has been very successful. But if you just look, you know, what polls are is you're asking voters what they think. So when voters are telling you uh, that they want someone else, and they, that's obviously true on the Republican side, they want somebody else besides Trump too, uh, you, you should listen. And, you know, we've heard from uh, the, the administration, from the White House, you know, two years ago, these polls were bad. Uh, and they said, "Well, it's two years out. Give it time. You know, it's a long time in politics. Then it was eighteen months. Keep keep we'll, we'll, we're going to get it. then it was a year. You know, now we're nine months, eight months out. and the and the polls are worse. The favorables are worse. yep, the, uh, and, and so it's not getting better. And, and no one has been able to point out. Uh, what is going to be the magic moment when suddenly all of this reverses itself?
2: Uh, it's wild, man. I talk to traditional Democrats and, and they feel like ostriches with their heads in the sand. And, and And I say to them, look, if I were just to show you two candidates and just get rid of the names, like which candidate do you think is going is, is to win and lose? It's just they, they can't accept a loss to Trump um, tribally. And so if I say, hey, Joe Biden's losing Michigan by eight. Joe Biden's losing Georgia by eight. Both states he won. He's losing North Carolina by nine. And that was a state that he only lost by one last time. He's a 38% approval rating. He's 81 years old. Uh, you know, like you just put any of the, the, the polls up there and you say this is like a really, really terrible approach. Uh, and they spent $25 million in Michigan and other states trying to buttress Joe's numbers uh, because they sensed he was slipping. And it had no effect. They, they beat everyone over the head with a Bidenomics message to the tune of 25 million. By the way, a very, very uh, aggressive slash desperate move. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, very early the before process. the vote. Yeah. Um, But that was a, a massive litmus test, in my opinion, that the message isn't going to hit. Like people, this is not ad campaign fixable. This isn't tweak something. Um, and I've been a candidate. You actually have been a candidate, which was interesting to me looking at your history, Jeff. We prefer not to talk about that, but go ahead. But you've been around a candidate an an awful lot. And you know what a candidate has to do? A candidate has to project energy, travel, convince people, do at least a little bit of retail politicking, at a minimum do friendly interviews. And I can sense right now that the Biden team is very, very nervous about him doing just about anything under the sun, which is a terrible recipe heading into a contest against Trump.
1: No, and, you know, as we were talking about earlier, and I think this is true just as a practical matter, wouldn't you want to see Joe Biden debate in the primaries before he's going to be forced to debate in the general election? You know, Trump is going to desperately want to debate him. And I don't know how you can go all the way to November without agreeing to debate your opponent in the other party. I mean, it will be impossible. Uh, So we should have an opportunity to see Joe Biden debate, uh, you know, you know, for a couple hours on television, and then voters can make their assessment. You know, the president is up to it, the president's not up to it. That's, but that's, you know, that's ultimately for the voters to decide. And what's, you know, what's happened too often in the Democratic Party is, you know, that party insiders now are making all the decisions. And we've seen that with, you know, Dean being kept off the ballots in some of these states. And the result is, is that, you know, they've lost a lot of white working class people. And now the polling is showing that uh, uh, working class Latinos, working class African-Americans are starting to, move out of the party and that's a very very dangerous situation i mean i'm not looking to hurt the party in fact it's quite quite the opposite we're trying to help like the save, party here we're trying to I'd save try try the to party help from it.
2: itself at this point yes yeah.
1: exactly <laughs> you know it, it's going to become a sort of coastal bourgeois party uh that has no working class members in it and that's that, that would be a really terrible party to be in frankly
0: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
2: It's Michigan, Feb 27. A number of things have to break in Dean's direction. So will he retail politic? Of course, will he be successful? If people like him. Yes, I mean he'll be excellent at that. Um, he does need some money behind him. Michigan is a big yes. state, a much bigger state than New Hampshire. Yep. So it, the the I'll money. I'll make a
1: shameless to- plug right here. Go to dean twenty four dean twenty four dot com and and give us a twenty five or fifty dollar contribution. If you like Andrew Yang, uh, if you like or hate Jeff Weaver. Uh, <laughs> Uh, please, 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 uh, uh, you know, consider giving us a small contribution to help uh, the cause move forward.
2: Totally agree. Dean24.com. Uh, it's a small price to pay to potentially help preserve Western civilization. Uh, so you have a retail politicking check. He'll get local media check. Uh, we need to get some money in the door so that he can advertise
1: in earnest check There'll be some national press opportunities. For sure. And there's more coming. You know, there was a real, as you know, during the New Hampshire primary, there was a real blackout of Dean Phillips. And so many people are going to be like, who's Dean Phillips? And you're going to say, who's Dean Phillips? Because, you know, he, he just, he, he was kept, during the New Hampshire primary, he's basically kept off MSNBC. And I say basically, I mean totally kept off from totally. MSNBC. CNN, very, very, very little coverage. You know, he uh, started getting a little coverage on Fox after the, you know, about the time of the primary. But the national media has largely ignored him. Uh, meanwhile, they're giving all kinds of coverage to Republican candidates, Ramachwamy and Christie and others, all of who were languishing in single digits uh, while ignoring Dean Phillips. And so that's that's turning around. And I think fo- folks are going to get to see a dean on the national programs. And I think that'll help raise his profile as well.
2: Yes. You know, one thing I, I think could be a key ingredient of this, and this will happen if Dean puts up a big number in Michigan, there are several statewide candidates who are terrified of running with Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. (laughs) They're actually saying to folks, yo, I don't think I can win if it's Joe Biden up there.
1: We met legislators in New Hampshire who felt that
2: way. Yeah. So if you have statewide or federal candidates in the Democratic Party uh, who are given the license to raise their hands and say, hey, guys, uh, let's go with Dean. I think they'll take that opportunity out of self-preservation if Dean can put up a big enough number in in, in Michigan. So, and in my opinion, he does not need to win Michigan, um, but he just needs to put up a big number. Um, and the historical analog is Eugene McCarthy putting up forty-two percent in New Hampshire. Um, so everyone can you know see that parallel. Where if Dean were to get forty-two percent in Michigan, I think all bets are off. And uh know oh, it's and, it's, and it's, it's
1: it's it's pandemonium. It's uh, he he will he'll be the ultimate political disruptor of this cycle uh, and really you know open up the fields. uh, uh, probably for other candidates as well. I mean, it will become a a full-fledged primary, I think. And that would be good for the party. And Dean has said it would be good for the party. And I agree with him.
2: Yeah, so if that were to happen, I think a bunch of the Michigan delegation would actually raise their hands and be like, hey, I'm going to endorse Dean now because uh, like, Dean at the top of the ticket means I have a chance. (laughs) Whereas Joe Biden at the top of the ticket, I don't. I mean, it's pretty direct that way. Um, So you touched on the media blackout. Longtime fans of mine remember the MSNBC blackout of my campaign Uh, Ariana Picari was a producer who left uh, a little bit after the campaign and then said, I was given a list of candidates never to have on air and you were on that list. And and, uh, so that obviously pained me, but it also explained a lot. It's like, oh, there actually is a fix in um, at MSNBC in particular. Uh, They have essentially zeroed out Dean's campaign in the same way. Uh, CNN is a little bit more up the middle um, that, you know, that they'll frankly, acknowledge that Dean exists. um, And some people are happy to have him on and have a real convo with him. And I had that experience too, by the way. Like CNN actually um, was leagues better to me than MSNBC was. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of Democratic primary voters really just use MSNBC as their main source of info. Uh, How did MSNBC treat Bernie back in the day on both campaigns?
1: Well, not well. I mean, look, I, I, I mean... You know, the exception proves the rule. I think Chris Hayes was very fair with Bernie often, and uh, a couple of others. But you know, by and large, it was a very hostile environment. I mean, the the MSNBC even back then has functioned as as an arm of the DNC. It's really a communication arm of the DNC. And so, you know, I know the right says that about MSNBC, but it happens to be true. I mean, sometimes a you know watch a stopwatch is right twice a day, and on this, the the right is correct. So you know, you can expect a chilly reception if you are. Uh, not totally in lockstep step with whatever the establishment of the Democratic Party wants. And so that's why you had problems there, Andrew. Uh, you weren't in lockstep with everybody.
2: Oh, yeah, I was just a guy. Um, and and uh, to your point, Fox is actually much more eager to have Dean on, in part because uh, he's running against Joe Biden. <laughs>
1: you know? Right, right. I went on Fox many times in 2016. I, you know, the only thing you have to be careful of is, you know, sometimes their their questions are laden with assumptions that you reject and so you have to be clear, make sure you reject them before you actually answer the substance of the question. Because, you know, they're often over the top, as, as you know.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, it's an unfortunate dynamic, um, Jeff, because what happens, I'm just going to speak for myself So you say, "Hey, I'd like to make the case to Democratic voters." Then MSNBC blots you out, and then you're like, "All right." And then you know who will have you on Fox, but then Fox does have a particular approach to things and lens, and so it ends up pushing you in a particular direction, um, very naturally. Where uh, you know, because you could express a few points, but they'll ask you about one point about, let's say, Joe Biden, and then you're like, "Well, I actually happen to believe this." So sure, I'll say Joe Biden, (laughs) you know, is 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 uh, you know, like the wrong candidate and. Uh, You know, and despite the fact that uh, I appreciate a lot of Joe Biden's accomplishments, Um, you know, I just don't think he's the right candidate for 24 by his own words. Um, But this this media environment is part of the disillusionment a lot of Americans feel. Um, And I feel like you've been banging your head against this wall for longer than just about any of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, in New Hampshire, there's a there was a sort of really a big example of this. There was a, a conference of college students from around the country. Uh, And the candidates, the Democratic candidates, you know, minus Joe Biden, because he was boycotting New Hampshire, uh, you know, went and spoke to them. And then when the media wrote the story about it, they described it as a room of of, uh, seventh graders, which the, you know, the students took great offense to because they were college students from around the country. And it's just that kind of, you know, uh, minimizing and belittling of people, you know, by the media, not really getting the facts right. I mean, you know, on Election Day in New Hampshire, you'll remember that uh, uh, CNN was interviewing voters at the polls. And they interviewed a a Haley voter, a Trump voter, and then they felt they only could find one Democratic voter who said this woman said she was uh, loved Joe Biden and thought Dean was annoying. Turns out, without identifying her, that this was the, you know, the head of the pro Biden super PAC in in New Hampshire, uh, with no identification whatsoever by CNN that that's who that was. So, uh, you know, people see this, uh, and they they should interview
2: me, Jeff, and be like random random guy. Random, random guy. guy
1: thinks Joe Biden's annoying. Loves to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So much for balance. And, uh, you know, that's just like that's just what you call color coverage. You know, that's just talking to random voters on election day. It's not substantive coverage. But even there, you can see the incredible bias built in.
2: I would blame that woman who just should have identified herself and be like, "Look, you don't want to talk to me. I'm the freaking treasurer of the Biden righted campaign." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, is that like like pretending, being like, "Oh." I'm a woman on the street. Like Man I, I thought butter. that was a little bit off. Yeah. Well, I'm pumped to be building the Dean machine with you. Um, I think that we have a chance to change the direction of American politics on February 27th in Michigan. Anyone listening to this, if you are friends in Michigan, let them know, Hey, uh, Dean Phillips is on the ballot to save us from the Trump versus Biden rematch that none of us wants that in our opinion, Trump will probably win. Uh, So if you'd like to have a better uh, sense of who's in in office, go meet Dean Phillips in Michigan. He'll be coming to a town near you. Tell your friends. If you're not in Michigan, uh, send Dean's campaign a couple of bucks if you can spare them. Um, But it's all going to come down to what happens on Feb 27. I think it's a golden opportunity. Most people looking up are like, ah, New Hampshire, 20%. Eh, South Carolina, it's going to be very, very low uh, in all likelihood. Um, But Michigan is achievable. Michigan is doable. A lot of discontent with the president, a lot of desire for an alternative. Dean's a great fit. If Nikki Haley's out, the independents show up in force. They're the resources to let people know who Dean Phillips is and what he wants to do for the country. I think Dean Phillips can put up a shockingly high number in Michigan on Feb 27 and then all – bets are off. Everything could change. We have to make it happen, though. And Jeff, I'm grateful to you for putting yourself back into the ring to help Dean and Zach and the team make it happen.
1: Yeah, well, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to be here. And, uh, you know, I was actually very proud of what we did in New Hampshire. We held the president under 65%. It was remarkable. We held the president under 65%. Uh, there were about 10,000 votes for it looks like for ceasefire, um, which, you know, took votes from us and Nikki Haley taking all the independents. So, I, you know, I'm I'm I feel very, very good about what happened in New Hampshire. I think a lot of people were actually surprised uh, by the performance. You know, South Carolina was always going to be tough. The president's very popular there. He has longtime personal ties in South Carolina. Uh, you know, he has ties with Jim Clyburn, who is the sort of uh, political godfather of South Carolina. Um, so that was always very going to be a very tough uh, political environment for us. But, you know, Michigan is a totally different story. And uh, I think we're going to really surprise folks there. But we need your help. Yes.
2: Let's go. Dean24.com, Michigan, Feb27, Jeff Weaver. Thank you for making a difference to the entire country, Jeff, as you have over the last couple of cycles. And uh, we're going to do it again in 24.
1: And and to you, Andrew, you you did put math back on the map. So we all appreciate you for that.
2: Yes. It's fixed everything. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) Take care.